Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Money Girl. My name is Laura Adams. I've been hosting this podcast since 2008, and I'm the author of several books, including my Amazon number one new release, Debt-Free Blueprint, How to Get Out of Debt and Build a Financial Life You Love, now available as an audiobook. I hope you'll check it out. And I hope wherever you're listening that you are staying warm. All of the cold temperatures around the country have just been amazing to me. I I can't imagine being that cold. So maybe you're home, you're doing some organizing, you're thinking about the whole Marie Kondo craze of decluttering, and that's what inspired me to write today's show. And I also got a question uh, about this topic. So let's start with that question. It came from Judy H. She's in San Diego, which I'm sure is not very cold right now. I love the weather in San Diego. Judy emailed me with a very common conundrum. She says, I have tax records going back eons. When I search online, I see a variety of answers for when to pitch them. But I'm going to trust you. How long do I need to keep financial paperwork? Judy, thank you for your question. I'm paraphrasing what Judy said there, but I really appreciate you. And I'm envisioning your home office looking like an episode on the Hoarders TV show. Just kidding. I've struggled with this issue, too. I used to file everything and keep it way, way, way too long. So I completely understand what it's like to be drowning in paper and feeling a little uncertain about which financial documents to throw away. So we're going to cover this in depth today so you can get organized and declutter your financial life and your taxes. All of that is coming up in today's show, which is podcast number 579. Five Steps to Declutter Your Finances and Tax Records. And before we get started, I want to remind you that you can send me your money questions or comments by leaving a voice message at 302-364-0308. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, so let's get into the five steps to clean up your financial and tax life. The first step is identify which financial records should be kept forever. So this is the bad news, is that there are some important documents that you really do need to keep as paper files. And the reason is they're impossible 
or very, very difficult to replace. So I'm going to give you a list of documents that you always need to keep, even if you have a digital copy. So you need to keep the original records of birth and death certificates, adoption papers, citizenship papers, military records, education records, marriage and divorce papers, immunization records, passports, social security cards, wills and trusts, medical directives, powers of attorney, and any documents with a raised seal and a notarized signature, and any important financial document that you can't get online. You're probably going to have to print it out. That's probably not a complete list, but that's all the documents that I can think of at this time that you really do need to hang on to. Now, some original records are for things that you just might need to keep for a brief period of time. So, for instance, any expensive assets that you own, such as real estate, vehicles, and investments, records on those should be kept for seven years after the date that you sell them. So these might include real estate closing documents, receipts for capital home improvements. These are the big expenses that you have for your home that will affect the value. So maybe it's replacing the roof, installing a new air conditioning unit, or doing a remodel. Those things you really need to keep detailed records on because they're going to affect how much tax you have to pay down the road when you sell the home. You need to keep titles or deeds, promissory notes, refinancing documents, records on non-deductible IRA contributions, and documents related to gifted or inherited property. For those documents, again, you need to keep them for seven years after the date you sell them in most cases. You want to consider keeping these vital original documents in a very secure place, maybe a bank safe deposit box. You can get a small storage box for less than about $100 a year at a local bank or a credit union. And if you have an attorney or a tax accountant, they may also be able to keep records for you. Another option is having a home safe or a filing cabinet that locks and that is fire and flood resistant. For added protection, you want to consider putting all of these important documents in an airtight plastic bag before storing them. So putting them in a Ziploc is another layer of protection for them. Also, you want to make digital copies of these documents and keep those digital copies stored in the cloud just in case the original gets destroyed. And I'll cover a lot more about digital filing in, in a moment. Okay, once you understand what paper you do need to keep, the second step to decluttering is to go as paperless as possible. Outside of those important documents that I just covered, the rest of your data and documents can be electronic, including your taxes. Going paperless or as paperless as possible is going to do a lot of great things for you. It's going to save space in your home. You're going to help the environment. You're going to keep your data and your documents safe from theft, fire, or water damage. I recommend eliminating all incoming paper, and I mean all of it, all bills, account statements, and receipts. You don't need them. If you do that, if you go paperless, you're going to drastically simplify your financial life and help prevent identity theft as well. So here's what you do. When you receive a paper document that you can easily find online, like a utility bill, a bank statement, or an insurance policy, 
don't keep them. There's just no reason to if you can get to them online. After reviewing the information, you want to destroy any document that contains your personal information and throw it away. You want to use a cross-cut shredder that turns it into confetti. Now, saying that, some financial institutions may only offer free access to online documents for a limited period of time. So if you do need those documents later on, they might not be available or you may have to pay for access, which is why it's easier just to save them as you go. So instead of getting that bank statement in the mail as paper, you can just download the statement and save it on your computer and save it to a backup. You want to continually pare down the paper that you receive each month. So every time you open your physical mailbox and you see something paper inside, make a note to create an online account or log on to your existing account or contact the merchant and request to go paperless whenever possible. If you get a lot of junk mail for pre-approved offers of credit or insurance that you do not want, you can go to optoutprescreen.com. Again, this is the official centralized website where you can choose to be removed from offer lists that are maintained by the nationwide credit agencies. Again, it's optoutprescreen.com. Remember that as you make the transition from paper to e-documents, you can always print out digital versions when necessary. And I don't want you to wait to go paperless until after you deal with your existing paper. So if you've got a ton of existing paper files like Judy does, don't wait. You just want to begin a paperless system now. You can worry about paring down your existing files later on. So just start now with what I call the zero accumulation rule. You want to create a streamlined digital system that's simple to maintain going forward. When you put a paperless system in place, what you're going to find is that you only need a very small drawer for your essential files. You're going to feel great about saving time, space, and cutting a ton of clutter in your home. All right, the third step is to use online bill pay. So once you're in a routine of processing your incoming documents digitally, then it's time to focus on your outgoing documents, such as your payments. I hope you're still not buying, writing, and mailing paper checks. Don't do it anymore, guys. Not only are paper checks costly and time-consuming to write and mail, but they can be stolen from your mailbox or at the receiving end. Just about every large or small bank or credit union offers free online bill pay. You can enter any company or person with a mailing address and the service will send money electronically or print and mail a paper check for you. They even pay for the postage. It's like magic. So if you're not using online bill pay, just slap yourself across the face right now. Just give yourself a wake-up call. You have got to begin using online bill pay immediately. It's so, so important and easy to do. Remember that you generally never need to keep household bills and credit card statements as paper. Digital bills and payments are much safer and they're faster than relying on snail mail. And as I mentioned, you can always print out or save a digital copy if you need it for tax purposes. That might be the case if you have a home office, for instance. And last week, I talked about home offices. 
For your recurring bills, such as rent or a car payment, you can set up automatic payments or enter them manually every month if you like. Many banks can request e-copies of your bills, and then they act as a centralized hub for all of your necessary payments. I love it because at a glance, you can see all of your pending payments. You can see what your balance in your bank account will be after the payment is deducted, and then you can see the payment history for each of your bills. Another good thing to do is to create customized email alerts that inform you when a bill has arrived or to remind you about the bill due date. That's a really handy way to make sure that your bills get paid on time so you eliminate any late fees and boost your credit score. Additionally, consider other transactions that you can put on autopilot, such as transfers to savings for an emergency savings account and automatic transfers for retirement contributions. Let technology give you a leg up so nothing falls through the cracks. Another key banking task that you can simplify is making deposits. If you can't get funds directly deposited into your account, deposit paper checks remotely. There's no need to make a special trip to the bank. Most bank apps have a remote deposit feature that allows you to use a mobile device to just snap a picture of the front and back of the endorsed check and hit the deposit button. It really doesn't get any easier than that. So if you are somebody who has been resisting the remote deposits, go for it. Try it. You will love it. I promise. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The fourth step is digitize your taxes. What you may not realize about taxes is that the IRS allows you to keep digital copies of both the return and your backup for the income, deductions, and credits you claim. These rules are the same for paper and digital records. Generally, individuals need to keep tax returns and the supporting documents for a minimum of three years. Why three years? Well, that's because you generally have up to three years to file an amended tax return or to be chosen for an audit. However, you can claim a loss for certain investments for up to seven years. So my advice is that if you've got complicated transactions, such as the purchase or sale of investments or real estate, I recommend you hold on to a return for seven years. Be aware that the IRS says that if they suspect fraud in your return, there is no statute of limitations for how far back they can audit you. So if you're an honest taxpayer and you're pretty darn confident that what's in that tax return is correct, I would say that keeping records for three years is sufficient. But digital files are so easy to keep 
there's no downside to holding them longer. So every year that you create another paper tax return, make a goal to digitize it instead of actually filing the paper. And if you've got paper records, you can throw away anything older than seven years or maybe anything older than three years if those returns are fairly simple. Also, the rules for business records retention are different than for individuals. So you typically need to keep your business taxes for a minimum of seven years, no matter what. But they can be digitized too. If you want to turn your taxes into digital files, you might want to try a free scanning app such as Genius Scan on a mobile device. That's a really good one that I use all the time. It's loaded with image enhancement features, and it allows you to export documents as a JPEG or multi-page PDF files to your email, to text, or to cloud services like Google Drive, Dropbox, and Evernote. Now, if you've got stacks and stacks of paper to scan, you're probably going to want a traditional flatbed scanner with a document feeder to save time. Many inexpensive printers do have built-in scanners that send files to your computer or email. And there are portable scanners that even integrate with a variety of cloud services and accounting software, such as QuickBooks and TurboTax. And if you've got a lot of files to scan, you might even consider having a professional company do it. Just make sure it's somebody that you trust since they will be dealing with your confidential information on your taxes. All right, the fifth and final step is manage your digital files wisely. Once you begin accumulating e-documents, you're going to need to keep them organized and secure. Create a digital filing system like folders and subfolders on your computer desktop plus at least two backup locations, okay? That's really important. And as you're filing these documents, you want to use naming conventions that include either the company or a category name, the month and the year, so that it's really easy to search for and find any document that you need quickly. For instance, you might have a subfolder for paychecks, one for investment statements, one for trade confirmations, one for tax-deductible items, insurance, or any type of document that you think you might need in the future. You can add a layer of protection by requiring a password to access your main document folder. So that's one way that if somebody stole your computer or broke into it, that they at least would not be able to get into that file. Also, you want to keep your computer's operating system and security software up to date to ward off any cyber criminals. And as I mentioned, it's a good idea to store important e-documents in multiple places so your information could never be lost if you have a computer crash or a fire. So think about keeping digital records on your computer and also on an external hard drive and then maybe also in the cloud to make sure you never lose any data. Those backups are going to be a lifesaver if your computer dies or your external hard drive dies or disappears. Yes, storing sensitive information electronically means you could be hacked. However, I would say the advantages of digital documents far outweigh the downsides, especially when you take smart precautions like password protection on your devices and external drives. Remember that identity theft commonly occurs when thieves steal snail mail and any paper that contain confidential information. So going digital can actually reduce the likelihood of a thief intercepting your sensitive information. 
Once you create a plan for storing your paper and digital documents, make sure your family or loved ones know how to find those important documents if you were not around. Make getting financially organized a priority right now. You're going to feel more in control of your finances, eliminate expenses, and save time so you can spend it doing something else you enjoy. Thanks again to Judy for sending in her question. And again, if you'd like to send me a voicemail message, just call 302-364-0308. And how about a weekly update from me? Well, you can get that at lauradadams.com or by texting me. You can text the phrase, get updates with no space, to the number 33444. I send out a short email that's filled with tips, tools, and resources that I think you might enjoy. And if you're not into email, I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram at Laura D. Adams. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from the lovely Beata Santora. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. That's an easy, free way to give back show your support, and help new listeners find us. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.